0: Welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast, everyone. I'm Jake Wallace along with Lindsey Goff. As we, Lindsey, it's the first real full weekend of football. We had high school on Friday night. College football really in our area got going on Saturday. And then obviously on Sunday, week one of the NFL. How was your first weekend with football?
1: I don't know how you're feeling, Jake. I'm exhausted. I'm happy, but I'm exhausted. Uh, being out at Georgia Southern all day on Saturday in the heat is not for the week. That's for sure. But um, two really fun days of football with Friday night and then Saturday afternoon in our area. So I'm happy to be back at it.
0: Yeah, it's been, it's felt relatively normal. I mean, even watching the NFL on Sunday and and most of the games, uh, no fans in attendance For most colleges, it was obviously limited. At Georgia Southern, it was capped at about 25% capacity. But despite that, it felt like a pretty normal weekend. With football back um, at every level, it it felt like a pretty normal weekend in the fall. And I think that's a good thing for, for what a lot of fans of sports have been wanting for months and months now, is hoping we could have... normal weekend and we got it uh this weekend and i think uh it's nice to have football back i'll I'll say that it's been nice to just focus on stats and results and that kind of thing um as as a sports fan as a football fan i'm glad to have a a relatively normal weekend
1: aside from the masks and the press conferences on zoom pretty normal
0: yeah, it, it's it's felt normal, and, and that's the thing I kept telling people all week. I've talked to my friends. I said it to my wife. I said it feels like a pretty normal weekend where you flip on the preview shows, the pregame shows in the morning, and you just kind of leave it on football all day. It's been a pretty awesome weekend here at the Wallace household. But you and I spent Saturday in Statesboro, uh, where Georgia Southern is 1-0 uh the Eagle fans probably breathing a little sigh of relief after a comeback 27-26 victory over FCS Campbell. The Eagles trailing in this game 20-6 at one point in the third quarter before rallying to get the victory, a two-point conversion, no good in the final 15 seconds to seal the victory for the Eagles. Lindsay, you and I were there, just kind of your impressions of what you saw from the Georgia Southern Eagles on Saturday.
1: Well, the secondary certainly missing Kendall Vilder, that's for sure. Um, Campbell looked a lot better than I expected, and I don't know if that's a testament to Campbell or if that's something against Georgia Southern. They had 33 inactive players, um, some due to COVID, not all of them, according to the team. So that certainly has an impact um, on your team, and it showed. Um, But they managed to rally back, and that's what's important. Can you get the win? And they were able to.
0: Yeah, obviously that was the big story coming out of Saturday is a couple hours before kickoff, the the team announces that there's going to be 33 inactive players, and and it's a a pretty star-studded list. Uh, Wesley Kennedy III on that list, Kendrick Duncan – Uh, The safety, the team's best defensive back on that list as well. And as you mentioned, the school saying some were COVID positives. Others were just contact tracing. I know Chad Lunsford has mentioned uh, throughout this week that it's a little difficult when they have roommate situations where if if one player tests positive, all his roommates are also quarantined and, and ruled inactive as well but also some suspensions, some injuries on that list, and coach's discretion, which Lunsford described in his post-game comments as players that maybe weren't up to speed with playing in a game because they might have missed some time uh, due to COVID positives or or other reasons for not getting in a full practice leading up to this game. and He felt like maybe they weren't exactly in game shape, so – 33 players missing from your team, that's a lot. And it's going to do a lot to your roster. And we saw that Saturday. The Eagles came out looking a little flat, a little bit like they weren't completely in game mode. And then, of course, second half, and they rack off 21 straight points to take the lead. Shyworth's 41-yard touchdown, the, the decisive score uh, in that game with 642 left to play. I, it's, it's one of these results, Lindsay, that I don't know if you should feel encouraged or discouraged because yeah. there's clearly a lot that can be discouraging, but how much of a factor was it that it, there were 33 players missing? How much of a factor was it as Lunsford also mentioned, listen, this team is kind of practiced sporadically since January. They had a couple of spring practice sessions before that was canceled. They missed a full week of practice recently due to some COVID positives and things like that. So I kind of think but it might just be the normal in, in college football this year where teams – To
1: play devil's advocate. Yeah, they're not the only ones.
0: Exactly. It was a good week for the Sun Belt. Georgia Southern – The Fun is, Belt – the fun belt, 3-0 against the Big 12. Georgia Southern's not walking out this week with the most impressive performance in their conference. But I think being 1-0, and you did not lose to a team you shouldn't have lost to. You got a victory. Now it's time to move forward.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Lindsay, a couple other notable performances from teams of interest. Georgia Tech, I don't want to call it a stunner, but definitely surprising some people with a 16-13 a victory at Florida State on Saturday. Tech, of course, won three games a year ago, only one of those, only one ACC victory last season. Now 1-0 and getting I a win was
1: come-from-behind win, too.
0: Exactly, yeah. A Florida State team that under – the first game and under new head coach Mike Norvell, of course, the Seminoles have been a program – in transition seemingly ever since Jimbo Fisher left. But this is still a good win for a Georgia Tech team that was picked last in the conference in their preseason poll. They're one and oh they beat Florida State and Jeff Collins. This is this is a this is a program building win. This is a victory that can kind of show tech players and tech fans that we are on the right track. What we are doing is working. Now let's see what the rest of the season is going to look like. I don't think Tech's going to contend for the ACC title. I don't think Tech's going to contend for even a division title. But maybe the Jackets can get to a bowl. That would certainly be a success after the transition.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, a a bowl, a winning season, any of that would be a, a big victory, I think, in 2020 for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. As for the team that's, probably going to win the ACC, certainly looked really good on Saturday. The Clemson Tigers, winners at Wake Forest on Saturday night, the number one team in the country, looking like the number one team in the country. Trevor Lawrence threw a touchdown, ran for two more. And, Lindsey, the Tigers just kind of did what the Tigers do. They won going away and and made it look pretty easy.
1: Yeah, really no surprises there, especially since – Clemson overall is pretty healthy, and they have most of their star players, so no surprise that they went and did what they do against Wake.
0: Clemson back at home uh, for the home opener this Saturday. They'll they'll host the Citadel in Death Valley. So that was college football Saturday, kind of the real opening Saturday for, for everyone across the country. Here in the state of Georgia, we are now two weeks into the high school football season. Two weeks are in the book. And, Lindsay, we saw some more impressive performances on Friday night. This was a little bit of a weird schedule. There was not a whole lot happening in really the Savannah proper area. A lot of stuff kind of outside the Savannah area, some games that were kind of out of district. A lot of teams taking the second week off. But I thought there were some, some really impressive games, and one of them are impressive teams playing Friday night, and one of which we saw Friday night over at South Effingham. Absolutely.
1: Netter came into the corral and really put their stamp on that game, a 26-3 win, allowing just a field goal. I mean, they basically had their way with the Mustangs. A Really impressive showing by the Tigers.
0: The thing I noticed, and I I was there for most of the second half, was the defensive line for Metter was in the backfield the entire time I was there. It was really impressive to see the Tiger defensive front just wreak havoc. And they've done that for two years now. Listen, they've they've allowed just three points this season. Yes, it's only two games, but they still have yet to allow a touchdown. And this defense has been – Legit for – they were legit in 2019, and they appear to be legit again in 2020. The Tigers have moved up to the number three spot in the Class A public poll in the AJC. Uh, they are off this week. They'll host Country Day on September 25th. Another team that I thought was really impressive, Lindsey, Savannah Christian. The Raiders, a 26-7 victory over Screvin County. Led 19-0 after the first quarter, really kind of jumped on the Gamecocks and cruised from there. The Raiders now sixth in the Class A private poll from the AJC. They are 2-0. It's the first time they've uh, been 2-0 under third-year head coach Baker Woodward. The last two seasons they've lost uh, their season openers now 2-0 after winning last week and this week. And Lindsay, it's really been just impressive to see two victories over an ECI and a Screven County team that physically that like to physically dominate teams. Savannah Christian kind of did it to the Bulldogs and the Gamecocks respectively. It's been a really good two weeks for Baker Woodward Raiders.
1: Yeah, two and oh, you can't complain.
0: Now we're gonna get to talk to Baker Woodward, the head coach of the Savannah Christian Raiders, about his team and what he's liked these first two weeks and the schedule ahead. It's a little interesting to see what's up next for the Raiders. So for more on that, here's Savannah Christian head coach, Baker Woodward. Coach, obviously off to the, the best start, uh, for you guys since you've been there. I know you mentioned, you know, we haven't been one and O since I started here. Now you're two and O after a big win over Screvin County on Friday night. What have you seen out of your team? Just these first two games that has you feeling pretty good about this season so far.
2: Yeah. I mean, two and O feels great. I think the, the biggest thing, um, what I'm excited about is they're just kind of buying into to this year's motto. We're trying to be the, the most resilient team possible. And um, the other night at Scrovin County, we ended up playing three guys both ways on the offensive and defensive line. It's usually okay when you play them at a, a DB, wide receiver, etc. But uh, on the, on the line of scrimmage, it scares you as a as a head coach, and um, our guys have bought into just you know whatever happens, just just move on. And uh, they did a great job Friday night, and uh, they're uh, really really excited to be two and out
0: You beat an ECI team and a Screvin County team, and those are two programs that are kind of synonymous with being really physical and out and out hitting you, and and you were able to kind of beat them pretty soundly how physical is this team because I know sometimes the private school boys get a little bit of a bad rap for, for not being that physical you guys have done it really quickly and done it well these first two weeks
2: yeah I think it's just um, you know it's I think it's the all started back in the day with, with coach chumley I mean he created a, a program that was um, you know pretty tough a uh, tough brand of football and um, you know when I came in and and at the interview they asked me you know what are you going to do? What's the most one of the most important things? And I said, you know, I think the teams that that win are the, the most physical teams, and so um, you know, in Georgia high school makes it kind of hard to. To, to be real physical at practice and so you know the times that we have in the game that's where we want to be the most physical and um but you know we just uh we're proud of our guys in the way that they've they've competed and um you know they like to to get out there and mix it up and hit and uh, of course ECI and Screvin County Screvin County was probably one of the bigger high school teams I've seen and definitely one of the biggest high school teams We've faced since uh, since I've been at Savannah Christian, and, and a very physical team. But our guys take pride in being physical. It's one of our uh, one of our points of the Raider plan to win, and um, and it's being physical. And we always talk about that in the pregame speech about starting fast and being the most physical team. But I'm uh, very proud of the way our guys came out and hit and tackled, and um, just looking forward to getting back on to a home game against Valwood this week.
0: Hey, Coach Baker Woodward of the Savannah Christian Raiders. They're 2-0, getting ready to host, as he said, host Valwood this week out of the GISA. Coach, I want to ask you about Spencer Robichaud. You had a lot of skill guys, a lot of skill production to replace this year, and hadn't seemed to drop off a bit. But the first two games, Robichaud has been tremendous, completing 62% of his passes. He's doing it on the ground as well. What can you tell me about Spencer and what he means to this offense as a senior leader?
2: Yeah, Spencer has done great so far, and um, you know this is his third year starting in this offense. You know, his, his sophomore year, um, you know he threw for eighteen hundred yards, had a, had a great year, but he was just kind of a more of a manager. You know, th- you know threw the ball or ran the ball, kind of just out of necessity um, late in the year. And then last year, he took more of a leadership role and was voted captain um, by his peers and, and did a great job leading us. But we had you know a really good stable of running backs. The last two years this year you know we don't have as many running backs we have more of a of slot guys and some um uh, good tall receivers on the outside and uh, spencer just uh he spent all summer really working on his footwork working on his arm strength and um we you know we want to give him the ball you know if we could about 10 times a game not only uh, you know just running the ball but we want to have the ball in his hands uh the whole game, and, um, you know, that gives us the best chance to win, and he's done an amazing job, very proud of him, I think he's probably already thrown for, I mean, he'd probably have about 500 yards passing already if we we didn't drop a few balls the last two games, but um, he's done great, I think he had 170-something yards against Screvin, and then um, 180 against ECI, but, you know, he can get it done with his arms, and uh, he can do, get it done with his legs as well, and uh, I just hope, um, you know, he's got an offer from Reinhardt, but I, I think other schools would have probably already pulled the trigger on him if we didn't have the, the summer we had with COVID. I mean, he was going to go to a few camps, and uh, I think a lot of a lot of schools may have given him an offer this summer um, if he was been able to get to some camps like Furman, and some of those other camps. I've been te- I've been texting Coach Lunsford about him, but uh, they already got a commit in that class at quarterback, and, and so does Wofford they already got a commit in that class. But hopefully hopefully soon we'll get some more offers for him.
0: You got two opponents coming up that are both GISA schools, and and we've seen a couple of those GISA GHSA games this year, but. You know, a lot of teams look at themselves and say, oh, GHSA, they should run all over these GISA teams. I was talking to you earlier this year, you got Valwood and John Millage, and that's two of the best you can get out of that uh, association. Tell me about these next two games for you and and what you're looking to see. Yeah, I
2: mean, it's been a long time since uh, I think I coached in the GISA from 2007 to 2010. And, um, you know, I just remember... Every team that we played in the GISA was uh, extremely well coached, and uh, these two teams that we're playing the next two weeks are going to be two of the toughest teams on our schedule. Um, Valwood, you know, made it to the, the state championship in GISA in the highest classification, and then John Millage was the other team that made it to the state championship, and John Millage won the state championship. Um, you know, John Millage has got a, uh, a running back that's committed to Tennessee and a really good running back. It's going to take all 11 of our guys to tackle him. And then uh, Val has got a really good quarterback. They had a, um, an awesome receiver, and I believe he went transferred to, uh, to Valdosta. But both of the teams are well-coached. They have a lot of, of talent. And, you know, the schools and GIS, typically people think it's smaller, but these guys' in, uh, enrollment is actually – pretty much close to ours and um, could you know could have the opportunity to see both of these schools in Georgia High School in the coming years. In fact, one school that's been in uh, Giza for a long time is Deerfield Windsor, who just transferred over to Georgia High School. But yeah, I mean, th- these two teams that we're about to play are going to be tough games. Thankfully, we've got them at home, uh, well-coached opponents with talent all over the field.
0: Coach, appreciate the time. We'll see you Friday night at home against Valwood. Two and O are the Savannah Christian Raiders, and that's their head coach, Baker Woodward. Coach, thanks for the time. We'll see you Friday.
2: Thanks, Jake. All- thanks, Jake. It's always a pleasure. Go Raiders. All right, I want
0: to thank Savannah Christian head coach, Baker Woodward, for his time on the WGFC Sports Podcast. Lindsay. it's been – A little strange these two weeks I will admit I think everyone's kind of starting to get a little more comfortable with the fact that high school football is there but we're two weeks in and I think we're already starting to see which teams are really for real and which teams are still have a little ways to go still have things to figure out I think Benedictine uh, is for real the cadets look Tremendous again, 49-7 over Effingham County, explosive once again. I think the cadets are are back where they expect to be, and that's near the top of the heap in Class 4A. I
1: was going to say the same thing. And then Pierce County picked up a 14-0 win over Wayne County Friday night as well.
0: Yeah, the Bears from Blackshear now two wins over larger classification opponents and, and done it pretty solidly, shut out a, a Yellow Jacket team that doesn't get shut out a whole lot. So an impressive win for Pierce County on Friday night as well. Well, Lindsay, that's going to do it for, for this edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. We'll be back later this week with an end zone edition where we'll break down some of Friday's biggest games. We'll talk to some more coaches about what's coming up, as well as some playmakers. It feels like football. I keep saying that, it, but it's, it's – It's good to to have. It's good to have football back. Uh, It feels right. This time of year to be watching football Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, we're happy to be back here talking about it with you right here on the WTOC Sports Podcast. We'll talk to you later this week, everyone. For Lindsay, I'm Jake. Thanks for listening.